0: Welcome to Up the Villa, the Aussie Villains podcast. It's a Friday morning. I am super, super hyped because you know who we've signed. Ah, it's a brilliant, brilliant signing. Uh, we'll talk about that in the podcast. We'll talk about our recent wins, which have been fantastic, and we look forward to the weekend's game. But oh, geez, what a time to be a villain! Welcome to the Up the Villa Aussie Villains podcast.
1: walking stands and takes forward to the north stand and Villa lead 1-0. Get into good space for Luis for Buendia, this is promising. Buendia, that's a beautiful ball for Danny Ings. Ings to on goal and he makes no mistake whatsoever. Danny Ings doesn't celebrate, it's against his former club. But what a slide rule ball that was for Emiliano Buendia. Picked at Ings and Ings makes it no mistake at all. Seven for the season for him and on seven minutes Aston Villa have the lead. Again, Watkins trying to tee it up for Danny Ings with his back to goal. Back to Watkins, Luca Dean on the overlapping run. Here's Luca Dean pulls it back. Wendy, oh, that's a great goal. That is a great, great goal from Aston Villa. It's a wonderful movement. In by Cash, it's come to McGinn. Dinia's got outside of him, and Dinia's lifted it in. And Alisson saves, and it's full it! In! against Liverpool Jurgen Klopp's face a picture of befuddlement
0: After recent wins against relegation, uh, we shouldn't say fodder but uh, contenders, we beat uh, Norwich I thought quite comfortably and then Burnley as well where we absolutely dominated. Um, They did have a lot of late shots and a lot of that was desperation as well but to get those results just took the pressure off, got us out of any kind of inkling that we're in relegation problems. Um, So I was quite excited when we were going to be facing Liverpool in a midweek game because I thought, hey, you know what? we have nothing to lose and Liverpool have everything to lose and it did certainly seem to be that way early on we scored the early goal and of course scoring scoring an early goal sometimes um, you do get excited but you know within two or three minutes Liverpool had equalized the referee I'll speak about in a moment um, I, I just was really impressed with the way we went about it early on We will need to build the depth in the team to be able to contend. Every week with teams like Liverpool, as you can see, the depth that they've got is amazing. They are an extremely good team. They are really pleasant to watch unless we're playing against them. Um, look, defensively, I still think there's some holes there. I'm not going to pick on anyone in particular, but just clear the ball, guys. You don't have to always hack it away, but don't sit on the ball in the back line when you're not looking at that outward pass because it's going to invite pressure from from the better teams with a lot of pace, you're asking for disaster. Let's go to the refs. So Moss, before the game, there's a video going round where someone says, "Give us a fair game today," or "You're going to give us a fair game today." And he, and he turns, and even though he's joking, he says, "Oh, I can't guarantee that." Well, you're an idiot, mate, because first of all, you're on camera, um, you're at a ground, and you can't guarantee a fair game, even though you're mucking round bit of an idiotic statement. But it looked that way. Some of his decisions, he couldn't keep up with the pace of the game. I know it's one of his last games he's refereeing, but it didn't have to be with us in there. Because subconsciously, or consciously, he favoured Liverpool. And it really did cost us, especially in the first half and the first part of the second half. Uh, look, we do need the depth. I love having you know Otkin, uh, Watkins and Ings up front. Uh, continue if he can get a bit more support in that midfield, then certainly with the creativity is kind of come into play. I still question Ollie Watkins' first touch. Please, I'm not slating the bloke. Just go back and look through. His work rate is phenomenal. He does finish well, but that first touch, he's it's let him down for the last couple of years. It's brought people onto him that heavy first touch, or it's brought it to the the opposition uh, to the keeper, of course. But look, overall, Liverpool deserved the win. Um, We, you know, you can look at anything you want, but statistics at home, once again, we did concede almost 200 more passes. Our passing accuracy was pretty good. You know, both teams got stuck in. Um, You know, we had nine shots and four on target. They had 17 shots and six on target. Stats don't always tell the game, but in the second half, they were well and truly on top of us. And, you know, I can't stand being at home and and getting less than 50% possession, but that's what Liverpool do to you. That's where we need to get to the next level, and it's going to be exciting to see uh, the future signings, and we'll talk about one of those signings in a moment. So an exciting morning, evening for our uh, English and European fans, but morning uh, in Australia to see Felipe continue sign permanently. They say undisclosed fee from Barcelona side, but from all other reports, 20 million euros, and he's reduced his weekly fees by up to 70%. Now, he's agreed to that, okay? He could have stayed at Barca. Yes, he wasn't getting the football he needed, but he could have got that contract paid out. He's happy. He looks happy. He's smiling all the time. I think with a few more players around him, he's going to be able to not have to be that focal point, very similar to Grealish, where Grealish was, well, even more so, um, it hit the ball at his feet or we had no chance kind of thing. But that doesn't seem to be the way with Coutinho. His vision is superb. We've signed him on a really reasonable fee. If you have a look at some of the players going around and some of the money that, that you know, potentially you're going to need to play for players um, in this current climate, and we're getting him for €20 million Euros reportedly, <laughs> and it's just an amazing signing. And look, this is not a slight on Dean Smith either, but there is no way he comes to the club if Gerard's not there. So, you know, a very good tactical move to get Gerard in. And in terms of other players coming, Gerard Coutinho being at the club is really going to attract other players. We're not playing in Europe yet, but imagine being, you know, a, a player um, on the fringes of a bigger team. You see. uh, players like Coutinho sign, you've got Gerrard there, you've got owners who um, have a vision, who are spending the money that we need uh, within financial fair play rules, which uh, try and figure that out when you look at Everton's um, remarkable uh, loss sheet in the last few years. And that's not having a go at Everton either. It's just the absolute truth. Uh, It's just exciting to know that come post-season, this squad is going to look extremely different. So... Wow, uh, some exciting stuff there And the songs and everything That were already going around about him You know, the, 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 when you've got a lone player It's always scary Because y- you think, well Just a second, I don't want to fall in love with this guy We've had that happen so many times at, Well, you fall in love with a um, You know, a lone And they either go back uh, sign with someone else who comes in and goes, oh, I'll we'll have a bit of that. Or they end up signing with us and they're awful. And I can't see that happening with Coutinho. I think he's in the prime of his footballing life. He's you know He's got all the money he's ever going to need. And if he can be part of a legacy of, of getting Villa up towards Europe or back in Europe, um, he's going to be a very happy man as we are as well. What a signing, and thank you to Perslow and Co Thank you to all the villain management for giving us hope it's been a remarkable kind of few hours of watching uh, people from all over the world um, just so excited to be villains and let's just hope that this continues over the next you know few months to see all those signings come in uh, you know obviously people like Phillips. Um, have been touted from Leeds and basuma we will do a podcast on that in the next few weeks about the possible signings and rumors and everything like that but geez ah just take a moment reflect and enjoy Aston Villa had their awards night last night and the supporter groups have voted Matty Cash as Villa's player of the season. He is absolutely deservedly so. He's been a fantastic signing for us. The right back has just... Gives everything he can to us. He sums up so much of Villa. Um, Love his hair. Uh, Very jealous. I have hair envy. Um, I love his overlap. I love his energy and his crossing as well. So Matty Cash... Villa supporters prior to the season. I couldn't imagine too many people would argue that one. Well done, Maddie. Thanks for coming on to the show, Josh. It's a pleasure to actually meet another villain and we've got plenty of us in Australia. Did that surprise you at all?
2: Uh, yeah, coming over from the UK, I, like, I, I, know, I know we're a massive club, you know, we've got great history, but... Um, just seeing the amount of love for Villa. I, I first moved over to Melbourne. There's like massive love there, and like since we've announced that we're coming over, you know, it's just going to get bigger and better. Hopefully, hopefully, we pick up some new fans that start following, um, following the Villa.
0: Oh, there's no doubt in the world, mate. So, Josh, tell us a little bit about yourself. You said you moved over from England. Um, just a bit of a rough age, and why you moved here, and is this, is it probably a starting point.
2: Yeah. So, I'm 33. Um, my partner's Aussie. Um, we had a little girl um, back in 2018, so we Fantastic. decided to, to come over, um, better life, um, a bit further away from Birmingham, but it's, um, <laughs> it's a lot better over here, it's better opportunities for ourselves. Um, I'm a chef and a former whole tender, um, I had a season ticket for about 12 years, I think, as a kid, uh, going home and away, so I've been quite lucky to watch Villa through the good times and the bad times, really. <laughs>
0: Oh mate, I don't even think we've really seen the good times. Um, I'm a lot older than you, but I don't think we've really seen the good times yet. So um, the reaction to the continuo signing will come to in a moment. But you've moved to Australia, and have you? Did, were you surprised that uh, football is pretty accessible here, or did you think it would be?
2: Um, I'm actually surprised it's easier to watch a Villa game over here than it is in the UK. If you're not, um, if you're not actually at the game, um, I think. Sport is probably the best thing I've um, subscribed to since being over here, you know. It means yeah. um, it's worth staying up late to watch us win, lose or draw. Hopefully a few more wins um, going to the end of the season and see how we go and maybe we can stop um, Jack Grealish winning the League. It's a mixed one, that isn't it? It's um, we might come to that in a moment as well because it's a bit of a mixed
0: feeling one for a lot of us. Um, but you see, so you've come to Australia, you found that there's a, a lot of Villa fans here, and tell us a little bit about your experience as a as a whole tender, uh, and what it meant to you your time there.
2: So for me, it's like I was quite lucky that my dad um, was a crazy football fan uh, as well, and um, so yeah, it was just it was great. I, I was lucky enough to go to a lot of home and away games. I travelled overseas to watch us as well. Um, Even further now with the game happening in Brisbane and Perth. But, um, yeah, it was incredible. You know, you become part of the atmosphere. You see the same people week in, week out, home and away. Um, It's not just, I think, being a Villa fan, it's not just about supporting the team. It's being part of a family and like the the unique thing about us. We're not a city, we're not a town, we're not united. We're, We're Villa and it's just, we're... I don't know, I think it's almost like you're chosen in a way, in a, in a yep. weird kind of way.
0: It, it's funny you say that, actually, because um, it, as part of this podcast, um, we've, we've got a little section about what it's like to be um, a Villa fan and, and part of the Villa family, done by a very famous actor that you would know and you would have seen the video plenty of times. But um, just with Villa coming to Australia and even a lot of English um, supporters coming to us and saying hey are there many supporters there and it's just been amazing to actually see the depth and breadth I think we've got a couple hundred supporters coming across from New Zealand to see the game as well um, it's just to me I always knew we had support I didn't realize how big our support was in, yeah. in, in Australia that is in Australia,
2: yeah. That. yeah like to be honest I didn't and the weird thing is it's like Um, obviously through like Facebook groups I've seen that like we've got great support and stuff but um, after the game was announced I was walking through Wynyard Station in Sydney and I saw two villa tops and that's the first time I've seen um, people in in colours other than myself when I look in the mirror if I put the shirt on and stuff and um, unfortunately I've seen a couple of blues tops which hasn't been the best I was like I was like uh, I was hoping to see more villa but now it's like it was almost like a sign. that's like, yeah, Villa are here. We're, we're, we're in Australia. We're going to do great. You know,
0: it's going to be interesting in the next few years. It's um, uh, I, I think I mentioned before, I do follow a lot of different sports and um, I'm a Richmond supporter in the AFL. And for decades, we were the joke, you know, we were massive support, but the joke of um, Australian football. And yeah. now that we're, successful you know we've won three premierships we ran three premierships in the last five years it's been a really surreal feeling because part of that journey is seeing people jump on the bandwagon yeah and and I'm not someone who's actually against that because your club needs to grow and if you're going to be big you do need to get new supporters on and I just hope we don't get to a point where it's a kind of pissing contest you know I follow Villa more than you follow I can't stand that kind of stuff yeah so I know from being a Holt Ender uh, yourself and many years ago, I was in the in the Holt End when I was over in Birmingham. Um, uh, you can do that a bit. And we're already starting to see that. I just hope that when we become more successful uh, in going up the ladder, we don't have the pissing contest, but it'll surely happen. It's the nature of sport.
2: Yeah, for sure. And the thing is, it's like people always go on about fans, going on about history, but like it's a proud history to be part of. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think it's a, a great opportunity for us to show what we are about and not just be just a, a team from the Premiership. It's not the same Man United, Liverpool, Man City now, even Chelsea. It's just a case of moving forward and seeing seeing Villa progress like that. And so we've signed, we'll, we'll come
0: to continue. And, and it, we all knew it was going to happen, but there was always that uncertainty of we've been hurt in the past when we've had loanies. Yeah. But... I can't believe from the reports that he's taking a 70% pay cut and it could be, you know, 20 to 30 million with, um, you know, I just think that's, an, I just cannot believe that we've got a player of this caliber for the price we've got.
2: It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, I, like speaking of heartbreak and loan, it's like Tommy Abraham, I was like, I'm surprised we didn't go in for him when Chelsea didn't want him, but then like, Villa fans can fall in love very quickly, then it can go, it normally goes quite sour. But um, yeah, for him to, for um, Gerard to actually get him in and get someone that commits into that is, you know, it's absolutely incredible. And it's a great opportunity for us to invest in more players and get more people coming over, I guess, and trying to get a better team to help us shift up the table and become like giants like we used to be, I guess.
0: And I think that's an exciting thing. Um, a fellow, a couple podcasters with me on another podcast, um, we always talk about, you know, you talk about Maradona and you talk about the best players in the world. And I always say that Maradona is the greatest we'll ever see because he chose to go to clubs that weren't always, like we know what he did it, 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 in Italy. Yeah. he chose, You know, I, I really respect when a player of massive caliber comes to a medium to lower club, and then players start building around them and they go up. And I really think that's going to happen with Coutinho. I think Gerrard and Coutinho are going to be an advertisement for other players to come to Villa. Um, we're going to be in some really strange times the next few years
2: with some of the calibre players we sign. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think that's, it's only good for for us moving forward as, as a club and hopefully with um, new owners, that's what they want us to be. They want us to be the best. You look what, the Buccaneers did in, I think they're called the Buccaneers. Um, they yep. did in the basketball. And, you know, I think hopefully the Villa can be a part of that as well and just get bigger and better.
0: I think the thing is um, we, we're we going to have some upset supporters and I'm not going to walk too much into this from their point of view. We're going to have upset supporters when we move on some players that we've all really liked in the last few years. But yeah. They're not going to get us to the top five or six. Um, no, exactly right. And some of them are very good players, but they're not... Okay, I'm going to be controversial here, Josh, and this is not your opinion. I'm going to put that out there. So this is not Josh. Josh is not in trouble. I think a player like Watkins is in big trouble going forward the next few years. This is my opinion. He's going to have a high price tag from other clubs. And his first touch is... His work ethic is second to none. But that first touch... You don't see Harry Kane muck up those. You don't see the top line strikers muck up that first touch And I, I just wonder if you feel that he. I think he's a squad player. I don't think he can be our number one striker.
2: Um, personally, I rec- I, I agree. I think he's probably suited someone like West Ham, where like they're they're almost like dirty football, but they they're doing great. Um, yep. it's like they've got work ethic, but we I think we're trying to under Gerard it's a different kind of football. We need a prolific finisher and. I, I can't knock Watkins work rate, but I'd rather see Ings in front of I'd rather give the ball to Ings in than Watkins, if you know what I mean. I think Ings has got the safer like you'd put your mortgage on Ings scoring over Watkins.
0: I, I want to preface this um for anyone who's gonna bag us for these kind of commentary. I actually have a Watkins shirt that I wear every weekend. So I bought it as soon as he came in. So I, um, I love him as well, yeah, you know. Same.
2: He's great, but it's just he's sort of I do, yeah, I think you need know, if we want to be where we want to be, we need to have a a world class striker, not just Ollie Watkins. Unfortunately, he's, a, he's an England international, so it goes without saying he's he's good. But he's um, I just don't think he'll be where we need him to be eventually, you know.
0: And, and we're not picking on him as one particular player. I think there's going to be a number of players. I wouldn't be surprised if there's seven or eight players who move on um, at the end of the season. I think we're going to have a Really exciting post season, but we may not start next year as well as we think. I think there's going to be a lot of new players coming in and getting used to each other.
2: Um, we may not get
0: off to the start
2: we we hope for next year, yeah, definitely. I think as well, it's like the problem with Villa fans is we're very thick, uh, very fickle, and um, like we have got on the manager's back. Like, I think, like everyone when Dean Smith left, it was all. It's almost like it was a, a beauty thing. He's Villa. We had Jack as captain, brought us up. But like, I think he took us as far as he could. Yeah. And, you know, I think, um, yeah, people just got to get behind them a bit better and not not just go, oh, this is what's happened. This is what's happened. We need to just focus on, we're not going to be world beaters overnight, but no. we've got to realise that it's good. Eventually we'll get to that point, you know, hopefully anyway, back to, back to where we belong, in well, my gosh. opinion.
0: Well, I think City is a great example, Josh, as well, where uh, even though the money came in, and Newcastle will be similar when we see what happens with their spending, it just it doesn't happen. It takes two or three years for that money to actually generate through, and you are going to yeah. make and you are going to make some mistakes. We're going to sign people for too much who don't fit in, and and hopefully they don't cause too much damage or lose too much value, but we're going to have to get used to it. Yeah, we, for sure. We would not have got Coutinho with Dean Smith, and. No. and that, not putting Smith down, we love him, but he wasn't
2: going to get us to the next level. No, of course he wasn't. And like, maybe Gerard might not be the man, but we've got to get behind him and hopefully he can, he can be the man, you know. I think um, we've got to be optimistic and we've got to be realistic at the same time. Yeah, I
0: mean, top, top 10 finish is still on the cards or we have the ability. But next year, what would you see as, you know, if we do get some more signings, what would you see as an acceptable level and it's a really hard question because we don't know who we're signing yet. Yeah. What do,
2: you, what do you think Villa fans would see as an acceptable finish next year? Uh knowing Villa fans, they probably want us to win it. But um, <laughs> I think realistically, we got um, we. It's just going to have to be. Um, I would say pushing for Europe. It yeah. might not necessarily be there, but like actually having a chance of getting there. So I think that would be for me. That's what I would hopefully uh, go for. But it all, it all depends if, I don't know, who we get in, uh, what what Gerard sees. You know, he's going to be under the cost. They're, they're, um, they're not going to let him go, oh, this is what we want. They're, they're going to be expecting him to be doing a lot of, I think, not miracles, but the, the owners want us to be big and ambitious. not a case of just being... The, about the mark. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, you look at West Ham, technically they're not the best football team, but David Moyes gets them going. Yeah. And, like, I think that's sort of what we've got. Like, they haven't got, like, I'd say they've got a couple of, like, Declan is world class, but you know, I think having that defensive midfielder with, in the modern day game, that's sort of what we need. And hopefully someone like Eze Spasuma or Calvin Phillips can come in and study the ship, because I don't, I love Nakamba, but I don't think he's good enough. I love Dougie Louise pushed on as an eight, but I don't think he's going to progress us to the next level. Now, I see him progressing to the next level
0: if we got a Phillips uh, or a Basuma or both. I could see him pushing further into more of a triangle with um, freeing up. Uh,
2: Continue as well. I could see that happening. Um, but... Yeah, I think the Brazilian, like the Brazilian thing as well, which is good. Like they're both internationals and it's like, it's going back to that thing with Watkins. Are they good enough? Are they not good enough? Could they be good enough if they get the right service? You know, I think there was like a lot of hype on Buendia and I think that kind of, he's set, like, I think he's kind of won the fans over now, but he's yeah. Se- yeah. settling in, you know, and it's like, you got that over your head that you're going to become the record sign in and then you've got to be realistic as well. It's like, just don't get on people's backs, get behind the team.
0: Well, look what we've done already. I mean, you've got uh, Denier and um, uh, Chalmers from Arsenal, um, obviously Coutinho now. Uh, we've got Danny Ings. So with even out the massive push, that's quite a good change to the side already. Um, yeah, for sure. And, and, and they've only just started coming good together and, and it looks like they're having fun. So we're going to see a similar progression over the next two or three years, we would hope. And, yeah. I just I've, I don't think there's been a more exciting time in the past twenty years in my mind. Um, we've got really stable management. The grounds looking at being upgraded again. Players actually, as their agents are now, you can see the agents kind of agitating with us as being one of the the the, the places uh, you know a destination choice. Yeah, for um, sure. And I think. I think I would rather myself being very biased. I think as an emerging player, I'd rather be going to Villa than United at Manchester
2: United at the moment. Because oh, yeah, it, it just seems so toxic over there. Um, yeah. and like like you push on, we we seem like it's a happy bunch. And you know, I think since watching like Dean Smith's Villa to Gerrards, it's a very different style of play. But you look at how Matty Cash has come on, and he's just been like insanely good and like Atletico Madrid are try we're trying to plot him for 40 million until he signed a new deal and we've got we've got arguably probably the top top five best goalkeepers in the world and that's we haven't even mentioned martinez and like yes, yes. you know it's it's an exciting it's exciting to be a villa fan because that's not always been the case and um, especially my years of, of seeing seen us how we've done and stuff and um, I've seen us when we scraped relegation at um, and the amount of stick I got when we got actually got relegated as well is unreal, but I wouldn't change it for the world. I was still I'm still a Villa fan through and through.
0: Oh, 100%. I mean, that was some of the most horrible years of football ever. We didn't just go down. We went down playing some of the most insipid, just horrible football you could ever imagine. But um, the time in the Championship,
2: whilst I didn't want to be there, at least we were winning football. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of enjoyed that bit, that part of it. Yep. and um, do you know what? That one of the best things that happened to us was losing to Fulham.
0: Yes, and yep.
2: it's like you should never say, "Oh yeah, losing the point." But imagine how different it'd be under um, Dr. Tony compared to what we've got now with um, the new owners. It's just a, it's just worlds apart. We'd, we be like, I think we would have gone straight back down, especially under Bruce as well. I
0: agree, I agree. And Perslow and Co are doing a magnificent job. They've got the American market um, where there's a lot of learnings from that from that market, especially in transfers. And there is a the chance of the Las Vegas villains becoming uh, another yeah. centrepiece for us. And people underestimate the MLS. The MLS is in the top four or five attended leagues in the world. Yeah, it's it, massive. It keeps expanding and they're getting huge crowds. Um, yeah. There's a reason why enjoyed. David
2: Beckham um, moved over there and sort, um, sorted his team out. You know, there's... It's, one, as a businessman, and two, because of the love of football, we, you know, it really could put Villa on the map again. We are, people still forget, even though we haven't, in recent times, we're still in, I think it's like the top six English clubs. And, yep. um, like, the good thing about um, Man City and Arsenal, we can sing um, um, Champions of Europe, you'll never sing that still, you know? <laughs> Oh, I love it. Um, Now, just tell us, Josh, I know you're working
0: today, so I don't want to hold you up for too long, and we will get you back on this podcast for sure. Um, Awesome. But please tell us, you know, some of your memories of away trips, because when I travelled to see Villa, um, away trips were always the thing I actually enjoyed almost more, getting to see different grounds. So tell us a little bit about some of
2: those times as well. Oh, so... Like I'm gonna like two that stick in my mind. We had um so when we bought Stan Collymore back in '97, I think it was '97 season. Um, we just we were fresh winning Coca Cola Cup and we had a friendly up in Motherwell, so that's in uh. Scotland. And like to Australians, it doesn't seem like a big drive, but we set off early in the morning. Um, so I'd have been like eight or nine, and we um, travelled up with my dad and a couple of his mates. We went into Scotland. It's like six hour drive. Yep, yep. and we and there's was, there was like a few Villa there, the usual faces, and um, got to meet all the players afterwards, which was great as a kid. And um, Stan Collymore, um Ian Taylor, Brian Little, you know, all these people that I idolised, that got all my shirts signed, and that was another one. And then another great one was I think we were playing Southampton, which seemed to be our bogey team. Yeah, but it it was. I think it was about around the times when we had like Ulysses, Delacruz, Marcus Allback, Angal. Um maybe even Crouch was with us then as well and we were losing 2-0 at halftime and I was like I just had this weird feeling that we were gonna win and so I went down went down at time and the um so Ladbrokes which is like paddy power and stuff yes seven, yeah. and I put a, I put 10 pound on uh, Villa to win and it was like 75 to 1 and it was Villa <laughs> for Vi- Villa to win the second half 3-0 then I think we won we won 3-2 like I was right at the front. We were, we were in fancy dress as well because I think it's like one of the last away games of the season and Villa fans sort of used to dress up back then and um, I remember my dad, like they wouldn't let me pick up my winnings because I was like, I was still a teenager so my dad went <laughs> down and it's like £750, so what, 1500 bucks? and it's like, it paid for the away game. And, but like, what I do think, I think the atmosphere of the away games is so much better as well, so that's what was more enticing to try and go away.
0: I agree with you. I mean, um, seen Villa play a fair bit myself um, and the away trips, it just felt like you were, unif- you know, that family that we're going to protect each other. And it just felt like you sang harder. Yeah. Um, so I love away trips. So uh, I have in every sport I've ever followed.
2: So, um, Joshua, are, are you on Twitter as well? Yeah, I don't really use Twitter too much. I, I use it more for like being i'm a, I'm a chef so I, I i use like instagram a bit more but i don't really use twitter I'll, I'll um i have to message you my handle i can't really remember actually i'll quickly look i think it's uh, <laughs> uh, what we'll do what we'll do josh i will grab the handle for
0: you for yeah. and we'll put it uh we'll put it in the bio of of the podcast yeah um so josh being a chef what would be the most villa or what Birmingham thing that you could actually cook? I think I've got a fair idea, but what would be the most uh, villa thing you could cook for
2: someone? Oh, it's gonna have to be the Balti pie, I think. It's <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's it's weird. Like Balti everyone thinks it originated in Birmingham, but it's actually Glasgow. Yes. Um um my other team's Celtic, so we just won with um Big Anges, the manager, which has been amazing. Um, 'cause I'm half Scottish, half English, and so that's been a it's been good to get back to that. The one um, half
0: one half of you is good. That's awesome. Um, yeah. No, I'm only joking. Well, mate, I'm a Brisbane Raw supporter. I'm one of the last Brisbane Raw supporters who actually goes to games. And, yeah. Um, Ange has been a huge part of my enjoyment of following um, Brisbane in our, in our very good times. Yeah. And um, being lucky enough to have him on some radio shows and podcasts, what you see with Ange in those interviews is absolutely Ange. There is no pretense about the bloke. I think he's one of the most underrated people I've ever met in my life. And he, you know, whether he stays at Celtic for years, I'd be shocked if he doesn't end up at a Premier League club at some point.
2: Yeah, you never know. He could be Villa. It could be like a new Martin O'Neill. Well, mate, I'm telling you this, the, the guy's football philosophy,
0: if you can't enjoy football under Ange, where he is completely about, people. I mean, it's similar. It's almost a Bielsa style in some ways. Yeah. Be really fit, always entertain and get that ball forward and move.
2: It's similar to Bielsa. Yeah. I didn't think about that. And I think, I, I, in a way, I think Gerard's kind of like that as well. It's like, the the team's fitness looks a lot, they look a lot sharper now. Yeah. And you know, everyone, like the Scottish League isn't the greatest, you know, the, it's a two horse race every year, but you know, I, I, I'm... I'm backing Gerard, um, even though he did come from Rangers, and um, <laughs> but like that's the thing, and like Bielsa, I think that's going to be Leeds' downfall, and I think they'll this year, which is quite sad because we've got a good, good rivalry with them, and um, yeah, it, I I think they've made a mistake getting rid of him because they've had a lot of injuries. You know, you've had your captain out the whole season. But you know, it's our benefit. It's benefited us because we're in a better position, you know. And I think that's been, been amazing to get because we kind of snuck into the Premiership again. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Whereas they they did it, properly, you know.
0: I think I, before before we finish up the pod here, I think one of the things that I do worry about with the style of play that we've got is, um, and you know how to talk evil of any Villa players, remember? I think the one thing that worries me is. How long we dwell on the ball down back, we invite yeah. so much pressure on And I just wonder if that will be a change of personnel potentially, or that Gerard has the pr- full preseason with them and can really step that up. Because I don't know about you, but when we sit on the ball, and I won't say anyone's name for too long,
2: I, I know who you. Get, I know who you would say, but I, I, I just think, I think it does need a bit of a reshuffle, and it needs someone that's going to put push and challenge these people. You know, yeah. Um, I and like sometimes it's just silly balls when we like we've got too much time and when we make this, just the simplest mistake. If we took that away from our game, I don't think we'd be in the position we are this this season. Yeah. And you know, I, everyone like I'm gonna say everyone gives Ming slack, but I you know I don't I don't I think he's he's been amazing for the club. I hundred percent. He's one of the reasons. Yeah, but he's <laughs> one of the reasons that we came up, and you know. If, imagine if we didn't sign him after what he did to us in the playoff finals. He, he went, oh, you know, it's it's silly. I, and people got short memories.
0: I think he's got every um, skill in the world that we need down there. And I think he's got the leadership. I just hope that they can tidy up that one part of his game where he does dwell a little bit. There's a couple yeah. of players who fall into that. If yeah. we
2: can change that, I mean, I don't want to get rid of Mings. I want to get rid of that aspect of the game. Yeah, uh, it, he's probably one of the best I actually can say he's one of the best centre backs in the Premiership. If he's if he's on his game, he's incredible. But it's just it's just that little bit of calamity that every now and, yeah. and then. I don't yeah. know if it's because he's too tall or I don't know. It's just like, it it's could almost all...
0: just a villain. I mean, yeah, it's, it's what we expect from a villain. So yeah, um, Josh, we're going to get your uh, we'll get your handles up on the page and in the podcast um, mentions as well. Perfect. We would absolutely love to have you back on. This is up the Villa, the Aussie Villains podcast and uh if you know anyone else who wants to come on mate this is as hard as it gets i send you a link we uh yeah, villa <laughs> and i would absolutely love to have you back on as again mate and it's
2: real pleasure for you to come on yeah thank you so much and i look forward to coming back.
0: as an aussie villain you know we love the villa uh as much as anyone from anywhere in the world i think if you're a villain. You just we're part of this massive family and the last week or two has really um, amplified that by speaking to people around the world and people who are coming to Australia for a basically for friendlies. Um, it's really amazing. And it made me reflect on, the, you know, the kind of club we are. And I don't think there's any better way of summing it up than lifelong um, Villa fan and actor David Bradley. And I know you would have all heard and seen the video before um, with him talking what it's like to be part of Villa you know celebrating it was when they were you know we were celebrating 140 years of villa but i'm going to play it in full it's about three minutes and uh it's just made me really reflect on our club again
3: footballers are like actors they perform on the theatrical stage striving to delight their audience the drama the anticipation the emotion the passion and the teamwork is a spellbinding combination. It was 140 years ago that our cricketing forefathers met under a gas lamp and chose football to fill the dark winter months and for many, their dark, heavy lives. Football was escapism. Aston Villa formed the first ever football league in 1888 and that makes me proud. So much has changed. So much genius has graced our theatre over the years. But I never stop loving every reminder of every jinking run, every fierce tackle, the smell of freshly cut grass, and the roar from the whole end. They say you don't choose Aston Villa. it chooses you. Being part of the Claret and Blue family, is being part of my family. As a teenager, I was transfixed by the 1957 Cup Final on television. Thousands lined the streets of Birmingham to welcome home their heroes. We had conquered England. The eighties were intoxicating. Our seventh league championship, the 1982 triumph over Bayern Munich, conquer Europe. I remember a rain-soaked night at Villa Park as they paraded the League Cup they'd won at Wembley in March 1994. And in 1996, the thrill of being there at Wembley with my family for the 3-0 victory over Leeds in the final. But from great heights, there has been the pain of defeat. Losing to Chelsea at the old Wembley Stadium in the 2000 FA Cup Final. To Manchester United at the new Wembley in the 2010 League Cup Final. But the lows just make the highs higher. We are at the heart of English football. We have a majestic name, a decorated past. We serve the shining light among our peers. We are Rustin Villa, and
0: here's to the next 140 years. Thanks for joining us for Up the Villa, the Aussie Villains podcast. I was Paul, your host. You can get me on Paul underscore football. Get us on Australian Fans of Villa on both Twitter and Facebook as well. If you have any uh, tips or want to come on the podcast, please let us know. Super excited to uh, have continue, as you would know, and just see us progress up the ladder and look at the signings that are going to be coming in post-season. It is a wonderful time to be a villain. Thanks for joining us on Up the Bill the Aussie Villains podcast.